This is Sounds on Vinyl, the podcast that celebrates the best rock, metal, and punk music on vinyl. And now, here's Mike and Phil. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl show from the Speakeasy Studios in Idaho Falls. My name is Phil Boyer, and from the Grand Anarchy Studio in Malmo, Sweden, is Mike Svensson. Hey Mike, how's it going over there this week? Hey buddy. Well, it's uh, actually pretty good considering how the world has to cope right now. But you know me, I'm focusing on the music and vinyl records, of course. Mm -hmm. And this past week, man, oh man, I came to realize that during a small poll that I did on on one of my posts uh, there on Sunson Vinyl Instagram account, I stated that Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction is the most important rock and roll album of the late 80s and mm -hmm. it became a whooping hell yes <laughs> and and people were going nuts over that album so uh, so i hereby declare that it is in fact the most important rock and roll album of the late 80s so there you go all right the people have spoken have yes you have it Yes. yes, but it's 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 all in good fun over there on 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 the vinyl community. It's it's um, people are coming together and and sharing stuff and and it it's really good. It's 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 what we do, man. We vinyl nerds. We we come together and and talk about music. So if you have a minute or take the fucking time to go over there <laughs> and look at all my posts. Right now, I'm waiting for you. Okay. Yes. Yes. Mike gets lonely over there if you guys don't go yes. over there and, and leave yeah. comments and have fun over there. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, he, he loves showing off his collection of vinyl yes. records. The dude yes. has, I've said this a million fucking times before, but he's got more vinyl records than Blue Oyster Cult has Cowbell. So you got to <laughs> get over there and see what he's got. It's awesome. Oh man, that's gotta be a lot. <laughs> oh uh, yes, yeah. rumor has it that Blue Oyster Cult is actually going out to all the flea markets and shit, trying to buy up all the cowbells they can, just to keep up with Mike and his vinyl collection. <laughs> and that's what the rumor is. That's what I'm hearing through the grapevine. But all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But you know what? All the fun isn't on Instagram. Next Thursday, May twenty eighth. Mike and I are going to host the first ever Sounds on Vinyl tweet chat featuring the Dio remasters. That's right. Which will also be the show next week or, or the following week we're going to be doing the Dio remasters. So that's going to be fun. So every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. in pretty much most of Europe, Use the hashtag sounds on vinyl to go and participate. That's all you have to do that. And well, obviously you have to have a Twitter account, but head on over there and have some fun. And this gives you guys a chance to yell at me about the black album. So come on yeah. over. We'll chat about Dio. It'll be so much fun. I can't wait to do this. So, and real quick, if you're, if you've never been part of a tweet chat before, 
It's really cool. Have no fear. Basically what it is, we're just going to get on there, use this hashtag, you know, we'll have some questions and we're just going to have this conversation, you know, to get together. And it's just really just all us vinyl nerds and music nerds getting together and, and chatting about records and stuff. So it's just a lot of fun. So go over there and follow the hashtag sounds on vinyl. You could do that right now. Go do that. And uh, because we'll be posting some stuff even before the, the first uh, tweet chat and we're going to have some fun. So go over there and make that happen too. So there you go. Go visit Mike over on Instagram and then come on over to Twitter and do the sounds on vinyl hashtag. And we're just going to have all kinds of fun. All right. You ready for the show, Mike? You ready for this week's record? I'm always ready, man. In 1985, the band Rat released their second record, Invasion of Your Privacy. The cover feature Playboy model Mary Ann Gervette, which for all of us horny teenagers made the record just epic before we even listened to it, before we even heard any of the songs. Uh, Invasion of Your Privacy reached number seven on the Billboard 236 on Canada's RPM 100 and number 50 on the UK albums chart. And in 2000, the RIAA certified the record double freaking platinum with over 2 million sales. The single Lay It Down, it did fairly well in the US, but their second single, You're In Love, didn't do so well. So Mike, is Invasion a great record? Or the greatest record? Uh, the greatest record of Rat? Or the greatest record? Okay, we covered this already. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> I really like this album yeah. a lot. I, I uh, Yeah. I, I usually don't listen to music like that. The hair metal? You know me. No. I, uh, but it's, it's, there is something with that. It, it, it's, it's the model, I think. Yes. It's her Good old Mary the cover, mm -hmm. but but I remember seeing seeing the video for for You're in Love on MTV since that's what was my go to thing in discovering music back in mm -hmm. the day. So um, uh, I went out and buy, bought the album, and I really like it. Um, it's 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 one of those bands that I um, tend to listen to quite a lot, but it's it's. People have tried to give me Poison and Bon Jovi and Great White and, and whatnot, and, but it's, nah, not really. No. And no, 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 no. I, then I, I rather listen to Metallica or something like that, but, <laughs> but it's, I, th there is something about this record. I don't know what it is. This is my, my favorite record with Brad. Oh, actually. really? But, but okay. it, yeah. Yeah, there is something about it, but I don't know what it is. I, I cannot explain it. So, so you're into hair metal, Mike? Nah, not really, but you like rat. <laughs> <laughs> we got you. Yeah, well, I'm a bit older now, and I can say, I like rat. Leave me alone. But who the fuck ever came up with the term hair metal? I mean... Seriously, I, you, I you look know. at David Who? Coverdale from White Snake. The dude's got bigger hair than any of these fucking hair metal bands, and I don't think White Snake is considered yeah. hair metal. I mean, you you look at all no, these guys no, back no. in the day; they, they got hair like crazy. I mean, that's part of the whole metal yeah. scene is the the hair, and I don't know. 
It's the media, man. It's a media. I have to tell you this story. So imagine my surprise when the producer of this great album, Bew Hill, emailed me and said that he just discovered my band, Grand Reserva, and wondered if we wanted to work with him. And I'm thinking, this is a joke, right? <laughs> I looked him up, and he's produced like all the, the Rat records, and he's done Constrictor with Alice Cooper. And here's this guy who had heard us on, on a radio station in the US. We're emailing back and forth, and he's a really nice guy. And so it, it became a thing back and forth for quite a while, and we we're talking and discussing and, and, and deciding how, how we should do this. And so and we're coming up just going to release our, our new single at, the, at that point. And, uh, and he said, oh, I, I could mix, do a mix for you and, and master it and, and do some tweaking and, and if you, see if you like it. We, we, could, we could try it. And yeah, sure. And we sent over the files and, and he did a thing. And so it became our, our then single called Hellhound. And it turned out great. No, and he's a really nice guy. And, and if you, if you uh, happen to, to go over there on Spotify or, or you do uh, your YouTube thing, you just look up Grand Reserva and, and the song called Hellhound. And there you go. It's View Hill. He's producing and mixing and mustering the whole thing. So it's pretty cool. That's cool. It's a good song, too. Yeah, so it, check it, it really out. is. Yeah. So get, getting back to this album, what's your favorite track? My Oh, do you even like do this? Do I even like it? I, I forgot you know, to ask. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You never you know. Never, you, you never, never know, know with Phil. You know. Well, yeah. Yeah. see, when this record came out, I had just moved from Illinois to uh, California at that point. So I, I was a little late in giving this one a listen. But I remember seeing the cover and being like, okay, this, this is going to be good. But then I was sort of disappointed with the record as a whole, you know, when or, because I, I was introduced to rap with their EP. That was really cool. You know, and, and the, that EP and out of the cellar was just, I feel so much better than this. It was a the invasion seemed a bit mellower to me and, and a little more, I don't know, poppy, I guess you could say, but, but it, it still had enough heaviness to it you know, that, um, I, I give it a spin every now and then and, and give it a listen, but it's, it's definitely not my go-to record when I want to get my rat fix. So when you get a fix of hair, metal. When I need my fix of hair metal. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but see what I find interesting about rat though, is that if you listen to all the demos and, and, and the early stuff, and like I said, even that EP, you hear this rawness, this, I, I don't want to say it's to go as far as punk but it's very raw and it's very um you know heavy they they play heavy you listen to the the, the demo of uh round and round and, it, and they play it a lot heavier and and slower almost uh, i don't want to say doom but it, it's got sort of that that heavy doom sort of undertones to it if yeah. you will um but the stuff that they release I don't know. It just goes a little bit lighter to it. It's kind of interesting because yeah. I feel like they want to be a heavier band. And I don't know if the label is like, oh no, you gotta, you gotta 
do a little more mainstream stuff or whatever, like labels tend to do to make those sales. But um, in fact, I think it was Robin Crosby that said that if you want to hear the real rat, you have to listen to the rat EP. Yeah. So that, that the EP is one of my favorite uh, releases from them. But it's sort of like, don't, don't you think that they're uh, sort of like coming from, from the, the same background as Motley Crue? Because if you listen to the early stuff and, and the demos that Motley did, it's sort of like the, there's a punk rock attitude with it. And, and you can see it's, it's a rawness. And of course, I think that, that Too Fast for Love, the, the Motley Crue's first record mm -hmm. is a lot more unpolished, if yes. you will, than, than, than the later stuff. But but it's sort of like I I think that they knew one another. But but it's sort of like they had the same background, mm -hmm. and so so I think that perhaps it's that generation. I don't know. There was there was a sound there that you could really hear. You know, there you're right. There is a lot of similarity yeah. between Rat and and that early Motley Crue. That too fast record was very raw, like you said, unpolished. I I love that term for that record because it is unpolished. It's it really I feel like that was Motley Crue. Shout is interesting because then that came and was a lot heavier and not quite yeah. as raw. It was almost a different band in a way between those two records. And, and same with Rat, yeah, I feel yeah. once you start getting into this record, Invasion, um, and on up, there's a consistency there with all the, rec with all the songs on those records. But it's nothing like the first stuff that they released. No, I, I agree. I agree. It's sort of like, don't you think it's it's almost a, a progression yet yet you had to go through with, with all the all th all the things that was happening in Hollywood at that time with the producer and and the record companies that that you had to take your your creative creativity and and put it on hold for a bit just to be to become. I think that all of them wanted to be famous mm -hmm. that's why they they were strolling around that street for the like of me i don't know why but but still the, there they are and they're trying to get gigs and and play their rock and roll and and all of a sudden there's a huge record company going well yeah i think you're a bit unpolished uh, but if you yeah we'll give you a three uh record deal contract what is about that but we have some uh, pointers that we uh, want to go with <laughs> but here's an advance you get like ten thousand dollar each in an advance and they're living on a sofa at some girl's house <laughs> and 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 all of a sudden there's this dude with a, a jacket and a tie going uh, well don't you think it would be time for you to step up what the fuck are you going to say? No, yeah. Yeah. we we rather sleep on a sofa among the bugs and 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 do everything because we're like suffering, and that's uh, our artistic way to go. Fuck no. Yeah, they they haven't been eating for like three days, and and there's a you get a check for ten thousand dollars each. If you sign on the dotted line, fuck yeah, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yes, but we own your ass. Yes, but we own your ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> see, I yeah, and that's what. See, you're yeah. you're getting me going now because I. 
some, I don't know what happened, but there was a point in the music industry where labels started focusing less on the music and more on the sales. I feel like when you look at the 50s, 60s, you know, 70s, I feel like labels let the artists, for the most part, I know there's exceptions, but for the most part, do their thing. I mean, you listen to David Bowie, Alice Cooper, that shit is fucking out there, man. Like, I don't, I listen to some of that yeah. early stuff and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell it is I'm supposed to get from this. I mean, do I need to go take some acid and to really fully grasp this and, and, and get it? And, and I feel like, that was possible then i don't think you could do yeah. that these days and i feel like in the 80s no. is really when you saw that happening i mean if you listen to the early twisted sister i mean we we, we just did a few weeks back on uh, uh stay hungry stay hungry was a lot more mainstream than a lot of you listen to their early stuff and it's almost not the same band no no i because I, I was uh because katie's familiar my wife katie She's familiar with Twisted Sister. She likes, you know, all the, the stuff on Stay Hungry. And we had this playlist going on Spotify over the weekend. And one of those old, old Twisted Sister songs comes on. And I'm like, do you know who this is? And she's listened to it for a second. She's like, I have no idea. And when I told her, she like her jaw dropped. She couldn't believe that this was the same band that did. We're not going to take it. And I want to rock and all this stuff. Yeah. And they're still yeah. good songs. But yeah, but there, but there was something happening in in Hollywood at at that period in time in the, in the mid in the mid eighties because the, the, you got the the new wave of British heavy metal that that went really over the top with with the punk rock attitude. Mm -hmm. But you you got Judas Priest, you got Maiden, uh, you got Motorhead, and you got Saxon, and and the. the the people on on your end of the world was sort of like holy shit what the fuck is this right and 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 that's the heavy stuff that 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 i like because uh, i i was fortunate to to grow up in the midst of all that i i live in sweden and it's not far from from the uk so i had older uh, brothers or friends of mine who went over to to the to the UK and went to the marquee and the Hammersmith Odeon and saw all those great bands uh, when they, they hit the scene right there and then on the, on the first album that, that Maiden did they were there mm -hmm. and and and, and some, something shifted because you got uh, I I'm I'm into the New York scene. I've always been. It, it, when it comes to 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 American music, that's my my thing. Listen to 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 uh, all all the bands from the New York scene, New York Dolls and Kiss, and and you got the punk scene with the Ramones and Blondie and and, and so forth. But then the the, the industry happened <laughs> right there, and and I think in in the beginning, but it's sort of like it shifted from New York to Los Angeles. So, because you got all the, 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 the movie companies and you got the big record labels out there in, in sunny California. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, they were seeing dollar signs when they saw those bands going, holy shit, we could make some really good money on mm -hmm. this. You see the following that they have? And 
even the bands from New York realized, holy crap, we got to get on this train. And they moved to the Hollywood Strip and, and, and Los Angeles just to be a part of that scene to release. And the sound changed. It did. Completely. It, it changed. You, you can look at uh, look as far as, as another... Uh, we shouldn't go there because I, I know you will get upset, but, but it's if you look at the early rap scene with you got Ice T mm-hmm. on, on the New York end, and, and if you listen to the, I mean, it came from the projects, it came from the streets. Right. And when you lo- look at stuff happening in, in, in California, it's, com- it's a completely different sound. Right. It's more polished. It's more produced. It's much more of everything, uh, but it's sunny and and it's it's we're happening over here. And you're in gloomy fucking New York City, one out on the street going what do what you do, and and it's sort of like it. They put it into the music. So I think that if you're a band like like uh the rat or or uh, um even twisted sister or uh kiss for that matter uh, with the the 80s stuff that came after i mean you got animalized and you got asylum and so forth it it's it's produced in hollywood mm-hmm. and and you couldn't get 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 that shit real <laughs> because it it i mean it's it sounded like so completely different that that you, you're beginning to think, that, am I missing something here? Because this band released a record like two years ago and they sounded nothing like this. Right. So what the fuck is going on? It's the big money. Right, yeah. It's the commerce, it's the media, it's it's record company flashing with, with their money. I mean, the only band, and we talked about this before and even, even now, that were freaking out the industry well guns and roses yeah because they said fuck it if you don't like us go somewhere else and they were too good of a band to pass on yeah and this is in the late 80s and you you drain it the the, the whole scene for you got all those poodle rock bands and 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 you got your hair metal thing and and it's all like it, you couldn't tell is this a boy or a girl what the fuck is going on around here yeah. it it has nothing to do with the music anymore in the late 80s and all of a sudden guns and roses come in, come onto the scene and they're saying fuck you we're bringing punk back into rock mm-hmm. and roll this is the real thing. We're living on the fucking streets. We don't care. We will run you the fuck over. Leave us alone. And you couldn't pass on them. Mm-mm. So, so I think that they saved the the the, the LA Strip because bands like Rat and and all all those bands that were still around, I think. I don't know it for a fact, but I think that they, it, it was an injection even for them that Guns N' Roses came onto the scene because they, they changed shit around. Yeah, they did. But if you go back until uh, uh, from 83 to like 87 and listen to all the, the music that came out from the LA scene, it's sort of like, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
it's so polished, it's so produced that that you don't know what what to think. Yeah. Oh, I'm going <laughs> off here. I know. Yeah. No, it, it, it's true, and 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 I think that's why once the '90s hit, music, in my opinion, took a, a big nosedive in the quality, and yeah, it all became all this grunge stuff and and all this watered down hard rock uh, that you look at bands like Def Leppard that were pretty heavy back in the day, but now not so much. And we we've talked about that on the Def Leppard episode, but yeah, you, you, the nineties really, in my opinion, and, and even today, although I feel like it's starting to come back around, um, it just, the music wasn't good. The music's, I mean, I, I almost gave up on music or, well, I did. I just listened to the old stuff. And I still listen to the old stuff a lot. I don't listen to a lot of new stuff, but like I said, it is coming around. Testament's new record's really good. Um, Metal Church is still putting out some good stuff. There, there's still bands that have have kept true to what they're doing, and I love that. Iced Earth has even gotten a little. They, they were one of the few bands that came out in the '90s that were heavy, that were that were really good. And even now, they're they're starting to go a little bit on the. I don't even know what you call it. I don't want to say mellow side, but more polished and produced and that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. You you and I though, I think we both lean more towards the punk side of things and, and the the raw yeah, stuff yeah. rather than the Yeah. And, and that's do. why I love yeah. the first two Iron Maiden yeah. records, you know, because it was yeah, about what eighty three that um Peace of Mind came out with Bruce Dickinson. And, and that was a big difference. That was a lot more polished than the first yeah. two. Yeah. So, but the first one that was Number of the Beast that that Bruce was on. Oh, they, that's right. That's uh, right. Number of the Beast. Yeah, first Number of the Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And them. That's peace right. of mind. Thank yeah. you for correcting that. But, but yes, I I couldn't help myself. You know me. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but getting back to this album because it's it's from the hair metal scene in Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. and uh, I really dig it. I don't know why. And I I've stopped wondering because I I I only like it so let's just leave it at that. But do you have a favorite song on this album, or do you think it's sort of like it's nah? No, actually, I I think my favorite song, actually, it's one of my favorite rat, overall rat songs, not just on this record, but is "What You Give Is What You Get." Oh, I like that I, one I think that's like, I don't know. There's something about that song that I just love. In fact, when yeah. I was, uh, I had that kind of on repeat yesterday, <laughs> just playing yeah. it over and over and just had a crank because I hadn't yeah. listened to that song in years and I forgot about it. I'm like, oh, this is a great song. I like Give It All, uh, You Should Know By Now, Dangerous But Worth The Risk. I think those are some good tunes. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I will. Well, I I agree with you, and I have to say, you're in love because that was the first song I I've heard. Uh, Lay it down, never use love, and of course, I think it, that's a great song. What you give mm-hmm. is what you get, and I I really dig uh, closer to my heart too. Mm. So so there you go. Yeah. A little bit of rad. A little bit of for rad. You. Yeah, you know, I think the rad is going to be one of those bands that if they come on the radio or whatever, I'm not going to turn it off. And, and it's really good, like background music too. 
like I said, they've been consistent all these years. Even you listen to the, to their last record, it's yeah. been, you know, they've been really consistent, even though there's been what, like at one point, three different rats, I think it was, or I don't know. I don't even yeah. know what the hell's yeah, going on. So. Steven Pierce, he's quit no, the no. band like eight times already. And one of those times is <laughs> like, that's it. I'm never going back to rat. And then a year later, he's like, okay, here's some new rat music. It's like, okay. I don't know what's going on there with that, but I'm 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 not even getting into that. So I I just enjoy the music and I don't yeah. care. Stay away from the drama. Yes, yes. just like there's with two Queens Reichs there for half a minute. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ! I swear. Oh, it's yeah, that's that's so. But weird. we 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 gotta we gotta close out though with what I think is pretty cool. Yes, is the the Geico commercial that came out. A month or so ago whenever it was that featured rat if you guys have not seen that go look up just put rat in geico commercial in search and you'll find the youtube video and watch it it's it's actually pretty good it really it's is funny it's funny uh all right any last words on invasion of your privacy no it's good wholesome, good, rock, wholesome and rock and roll yes that features a playboy model on the cover that's right good good and wholesome oh, oh yes <laughs> oh yes do it <laughs> do it make it happen all right and don't forget <laughs> we got the tweet chat go follow hashtag sounds on vinyl on twitter and sounds on vinyl on instagram and go make that shit happen and and let, let's have some fun let's talk some music all right later this has been sounds on vinyl hosted by mike svensson and phil boyer Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and follow at Sounds on Vinyl on Instagram. Sounds on Vinyl is produced by Boozehound Productions. Music by Grand Reserva. Visit soundsonvinyl.com for official merch and stuff you won't find anywhere else. <laughs>